but I do think that feedback, giving feedback is really important. And so what I, what I do is just try to give it as close to the moment of like, as close to observable uh, action as I can, right? Like not, you did something horrible, but like, Hey, this, the meeting that you led earlier today, I don't feel like I have a really clear set of actions coming out of it. And I think that's something that we could be doing a little bit better would be this. Hey y'all, I'm Chase Clements and this is the Support Apps Hangout. This is a show that helps you deliver a better support experience to your customers. Now we've got some of the best and brightest in our support crew this week, but before uh, we dive into the topic. Let's go ahead and meet them. Let's see. First up, I don't know who went first last time. So we're just going with Carolyn. Carolyn, how are you? I'm great. I'm so happy that everybody's back. We're all together. Also, oh, happy birthday. No, thank you. <laughs> if you have not like DM, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, a happy birthday message to Carolyn, make sure you do it this week. Just saying. Thanks. Uh, I guess we'll do alphabetical. So Chase Livingston from Automatic, you're next. How are you? Hey, doing well. It's not my birthday, but happy birthday to Carolyn. And uh, yeah, you can probably hear my kids screaming in the background. (laughs) Remote life for the win. And then last but certainly not least, the J of the group, Jeff Vincent from Wistia. How are you? Never noticed that everyone else is a C. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm the odd person out. That's the three C's in the J. That's Mm -hmm. all right. I'm I'm okay with that. Really, every podcast needs people with the same letters and then at least two with the same name. That, that's the key to making this thing work. I mean, you could have come up with a better name for the podcast if everyone had the same letter, like four C's of blah. But you know what? Support Ops doing us pretty good. 147 <laughs> episodes. Love that. It's C cubed and J. <laughs> let's let's oh, roll with that. <laughs> All right. So this week we're uh, wrapping up with our good manager series with this, uh, this idea that, well, let me back up. So last week we looked at the idea of, uh, of how to actively seek out feedback from your team when it's going from your team to yourself. So feedback about you from your team. This week we're looking at kind of the, the flip of that. So we're going to talk about how you can give feedback up upwards. So feedback from you up to your boss or your C-suite level or your whatever you call that next level up above you. So, um, or if you're like Carolyn, the, the same kind of level of people just around you since she's the one in the C-suite here. Uh, so um, Carolyn, yeah, let's start with you on this one. Since it is your birthday, you get to go first. <laughs> the, the birthday gift for the episode. Okay. How do you handle, like I know, uh, like I know Joel is great. And you've never had this problem because he's awesome. But have you ever worked with a, uh, a boss or CEO or, or someone like that that didn't actively seek out feedback that you kind of had to work it in where you could? Um, yeah. And I would say the, the majority of the time it has been because other things come up, not because somebody doesn't want it, but just because it's generally, it gets bumped to the lower part of the list because it's important, but not urgent, um, to take the time to have those conversations. Um, a long time ago in a really many times ago job, um, I had, uh, a president of the company who, um, was not interested in feedback 
wasn't sure why I was even making noise with my face. Um, and that was hard. So luckily I have, I have mostly not worked for people like that ever since. You're so nice. It's like, yeah, that was hard. <laughs> that, that was hard. Yeah. But I, you know, I was different then too. So, um, I, uh, I, I definitely appreciate having, um, having it. And, but it's still a problem. It's just usually that people don't make the time for it or don't have the time for it or um, feel like they're getting so much input already that, um, you know, I feel like we have this sometimes with, and I'm including myself in the people who are, should be seeking it. Um, you know, you're getting so much input from all sides. It doesn't even occur to you to go get more. Um, but then you end up only hearing from the folks who are that type of personality. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's a challenge, but, um, yeah, for the most part, I've been lucky in that. And by that personality, you mean people that aren't quite as upfront with what they're thinking? Yeah. You get more people who are, who are more fearless. You get the, you get the perspectives of the people who feel a little bit safer to do those things, which that people who feel safe to share feedback comes from all different reasons. Um, but yeah, then you don't, you don't necessarily get a comprehensive perspective. So Jeff Carolyn brought up an interesting point there where it was, it's not that it's not urgent. It's just not, it's important, just not urgent. So that, that timing there plays kind of a, a big factor. How, like with, with the rest of your leadership team, how often are you sitting down and giving the rest of them feedback from your perspective on, on what they could be doing better? Um, I think I try, so I don't have, um, <clears throat> structured like one-on-ones or sit downs with them on a regular basis besides my manager. Right. Um, but I do think that feedback, giving feedback is really important. And so what I, what I do is just try to give it as close to the moment of like, as close to observable, uh, action as I can, right? Like not, you did something horrible, but like, hey, this the meeting that you led earlier today, I don't feel like I have a really clear set of actions coming out of it. And I think that's something that we could be doing a little bit better would be this. Or something as simple as, I don't think that you speak up enough in meetings, especially around this topic. And I think you know what you're talking about. So it'd be great to hear from you more. And none of that is coming from a perspective of I manage you or I even, you know, am great at that thing. It's just... I think that this feedback is really important for you and I'm not sure who else is going to give it. So to Carolyn's point, there's almost the flip side where you're getting lots of stuff from all different directions, but you might be getting stuff that's only uh, related to your output, right? I didn't like this plan that you put together or like, I don't understand how you came to this conclusion. And you might not be getting a lot of stuff that's like, Hey, we're not having enough meetings where we're coming in and just brainstorming, just hashing stuff out you tend to come in and already have your plan ready to go or something that's a little bit broader um, than that. So I, I try to just follow up immediately after an experience with somebody and say, this is something that I, I noticed and this is my thought on it. I like that. That's one of those where I was, when I was thinking about this topic, one of the previous jobs I had at a, a small restaurant, it was, again, the, the, the owner was kind of this, it, it was important, just not urgent because there's so many other things going on when you're uh, like a, a small business owner and getting as close as I could to something that went right or wrong 
like getting as close as I could to that event and then talking with them about it proved really effective. Even down to little stuff like, you know, hey, by the way, did you know if like we put X number of potatoes in the oven in the morning, we don't waste Y number at the end of the, the day. Like that little stuff was really helpful. Yeah, I think, I think assuming that, this, that they have more stuff that they can ha- than they can handle in terms of important stuff that goes in the important bucket, that means that anything that you see them do, they by default think is really important. So if you follow up with like, hey, it seems like you think the, um, you know, you're sharing your department's vision at the senior leadership meeting is like a really important activity for you. I didn't get a ton from this last version that you did. And I think it's because it wasn't structured in a way that I can understand. Um, so just assuming that what they do, uh, what they're doing is very important to them. It, it kind of falls naturally that you can tie that into what's important to them. Chase with automatic. I know like when I think automatic, one of the things I think about is the, the town halls that Matt does to kind of open up the, the floor for feedback and that kind of thing. Um, but those aren't that frequent. Are they a couple of times a year? Uh, once a month. Once so a month. we do it like a, uh, you know, it's like a zoom call essentially once a month. Um, and then, uh, in the past, a zoom call with like 400 people. Well, whoever, I mean, not everybody's in the time zone where the okay. time is convenient, but I mean, it's a zoom call with a couple hundred people. Yeah. <clears throat> We're all just muted and listening to Matt and then we can, <clears throat> we can, uh, technically hop in and ask questions, but we try to like keep discussion to either the chat and zoom or, uh, Slack, you know, whichever. Mm-hmm. That first off impressive on zoom. Like that. Just- yeah. Zoom is, <laughs> I must say they're not paying me to say that, but it's an amazing tool. I don't see how they do it. So how effective do you think those kind of town hall styles uh, are for a company that's, that's bigger? I think it's nice to, um, you know, get that perspective from the CEO about, you know, things going on and being able to ask, uh, you know, like questions that are on your mind. I mean, he takes the time, you know, it's usually at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half. um, And, you know, takes the, time to answer as many questions as he can. Uh, so I think it's good to, you know, have that sort of feedback loop there. I, it's, I, I haven't worked for, you know, too many large companies, but I have worked for one other pretty large company uh, before automatic. And we didn't really have um, that sort of access or um, were, you know, given those sorts of information right from the CEO very regularly. I mean, it was like a maybe, you know, once a quarter kind of thing or something like that. Whereas with Matt, I mean, I could ping him on Slack at any point really, but even, you know, the town halls are great because it's like an official time where he's, you know, set aside that time to uh, answer any questions that are asked and, uh, you know, get into discussions, that kind of thing. Damn. That was my next question. So like, are there other avenues? <laughs> so you mentioned the pings, so you could ping, uh, that's what Slack calls it, right? No. Um, or DM, whatever, DM, yeah. whatever Slack calls it. Yeah. Um, so you've got that, that kind of avenue to talk with Matt if you need to. Um, are there, are there other kind of, um, channels or avenues or whatever put in place if, if people don't want to like just start a chat with him? Yeah. I mean, you could definitely, he, um, has some pretty, he uses, actually uses WordPress somehow for his email filters. So all of his email runs through a WordPress install and then somehow gets, he uses a plugin to filter it in different places. It's, I don't really understand it, honestly, but <laughs> somehow he prioritizes all emails from automaticians. And so, you know, you get to the top of his inbox immediately um, if you send him an email. So that's an easy way to get in touch. Um, and then, I mean, obviously for our, you know, happiness engineers, Andrew Spittle's always very available, who is sort of the, you know, next in line as far as um, happiness goes for, you know, decision-making and that kind of thing. So he's always 
uh, super available and, and eager and ready to talk if, if there are questions that maybe he would be better suited to, to answer or discussions that he would be better suited to, you know, get involved with, that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, several different options. And then we have a great team of, um, you know, HR reps for um, those kinds of, you know, issues when it comes to benefits, payroll, you know, uh, human resource, any human resources kind of thing. So I guess uh, I don't know exactly what automaticians would call it. I guess it's like departments. Cause like, so like Spittle head of support um, d- does department heads like that do any kind of like many versions of town halls or anything? Yeah, we um, recently within the past couple of years have started that. So not necessarily as often as a, a like a full company town hall, but um, usually every couple months at least um, Spittle will do like a happiness town hall. Um, and then other, so we, we sort of call them divisions uh, rather than departments. Um, and so each, you know, like there'll be a, you know, there's a wordpress.com division essentially. And um, there's a few folks that are sort of involved in sort of leading the charge on the product side there. And, you know, they'll do town halls for that kind of thing. Same thing for Woo and um, J-Pop, which is the Jetpack and our, our other premium plugins. And so, um, yeah, that happens um, relatively regularly, not, not, not necessarily once a month, but pretty regularly. So Carolyn, when you're, when you're talking to Joel, um, and you've got a decision that, you know, maybe he's made that you don't entirely agree with how, and say at this point, it's like one of those where the decision hasn't been communicated to the rest of the company. So it's still in that kind of like you're, you're figuring out the decision, right? Um, what's, what's some kind of, um, of ways that you have a conversation with your CEO where it's, you know, he's advocating for one way you're advocating for another and, and you're trying to convince him to your way of seeing things. Yeah. It's funny that you asked me this because just recently I put a meeting on his calendar that was like, argue about thing. <laughs> <laughs> like I scheduled a time for us to argue about something. Um, and I did it like, obviously in jest, we would, we don't like, yell or any, it's not like an argument but I'm, I was sort it's of just radical it. candor that's all yeah but like I really wanted to argue about this thing um and <laughs> so it depends I would say if I'm giving him feedback on either a decision that he made that I think is I want to argue for the opposite or I want to argue for the opposite before he's made it um, but I think he's leading that way then it's just you know whatever I'll send him an email, I'll schedule a call, like any way that I can get into his time and, and whatever is easiest for him to, depending on what other things he's dealing with. And that's often very enlightening for me because often the thing is like the most important thing to me that week. And usually it's like number 19 for him. So sometimes he'll just say like, sure, grab a time. And I'll look at his calendar and be like, Ooh, right. Um, so if it's, if it's like a decision, um, you know, we just hash it out. If I'm giving him feedback about like him, um, like something that I think he needs to work on or something that I think he did that had an, an outcome that wasn't good. And I think he needs to take action based on that. Um, that's obviously a lot more sensitive because people are people and, um, you know, you can't just sort of blindside somebody with like <laughs> drive-by feedback um, unless you have a really specific relationship with them. So um, yeah, in that case, we generally 
prefer to like write something and like schedule a time to talk about it, but also write it so that the person can sort of take it on in their, in their, in their own time um, and react to it privately so that by the time you actually speak about it, they've had a chance to digest it, um, which just in general, both with him and with everyone um, decreases the immediate like defensive response that, that humans often have when they're being attacked <laughs> psychologically. Um, even if you, the person, the giver of the feedback doesn't intend it that way. Um, so yeah, in those cases we would, we would do it a little bit more intentionally. We used to have a time in our one-to-one specifically for feedback for him. Um, everyone who does a one-to-one used to do that. Um, we haven't found it all that effective to be honest. Um, Mm. but it is useful to have it so that if you do have feedback, you have a specific, like if you're, if you like Joel and I are very close, we've worked together for years. Um, but if you're trying to give feedback to someone who you're not as close to, it can be useful to have that specific time that the person says, okay, what, what do you have for me? So that, you know, you don't have to necessarily start that, that conversation. Jeff, I know with Wistia, um, like a lot of, like when we've talked about meetings before on the show, you're, you're one of those that's very adamant about having like a set agenda going into it that people can look at beforehand. Uh, is it the same when you go in and, and, and talk with your manager and give feedback to them? Or is it like Carolyn said, are you giving them something written to make sure they're not blind, like blindsided? Um, <clears throat> personally, I like writing it out because sometimes in the moment I can kind of shy away from giving that really critical, like straightforward feedback. Um, right. You're like about to deliver this feedback and it's like very clear in your mind and you start saying it and you're like, Oh man, I don't, I don't know. Like, do I want to say it that way? Like, Oh, this is my boss. (laughs) And you back away. And then how, and then later you're like kicking yourself because you weren't clear enough. And it's not that you want to be mean, it's just that you want to be clear. Um, and sometimes that can be really hard in person. So I try to write it down. If I'm going to, if I feel comfortable sharing it in advance, I will share it. Um, otherwise, I will just write it down for myself so that when I share it, I can make sure I'm covering all of it. And uh, I try to do that in a structured way. Like, hey, I have some feedback that I want to deliver. I've written this down in advance. I just want to read it out. And then we can talk about it afterwards as opposed to the person thinking um, that they should just jump in anytime, right? Because that can happen too. When you feel like you're getting feedback that's kind of close, you know, it feels a little, it can feel a little personal and you just want to jump in immediately and start to debate something. Um, You try to read it all the way out. So agreed with the write it down in advance. We have also done the put, put one thing on the agenda that's like feedback for each person and not found that to be something we adhere to closely. Not that it wasn't useful necessarily, just, we didn't really think about things that way. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I would just go back to, I, I probably send my manager, Kevin, three, four messages a day, one of which is feedback, almost always. Like, not like, you know, life-changing stuff, but like, hey, there was an email that you sent earlier. Like, I think this part of it is still a little unclear to me, and I wonder if it is for other people too. And it's not that he's doing a bad job. It's just, I think actively, you know, I, he's the only person that um, I'm real, you know, that's managing me or that, and I don't manage anyone currently. So like, I think very deeply about his work and how his work can affect the organization and my work. 
Um, and I think to a certain extent, that's how we want everybody to feel. Um, that feedback is a two-way street and that it's like always open. It's not just during performance review time. How do you keep it from being like, like my first instinct when you said that, like an email a day, I'm like, that's a lot of like negative stuff. I mean, I guess feedback isn't necessarily inherently like negative, but um, how do you keep it from just being like nitpicky critique every day? Sometimes I do write, this could be a little bit nitpicky. <laughs> so just admit it up front. And I also, you know, he and I have a relationship where I don't expect him to follow all my feedback. I don't want him to do the, the job the way that I would. That's the whole point is that he and I are different. We're complimentary. But at the same time, um, I want to know, uh, I want to learn how he thinks about things. And I want to I want to know how he approaches the problem. And if I'm only looking at the output, then I'm not really getting insight. Whereas if I'm pinging him and just saying, this seemed kind of unclear to me or like, Hey, it seems like we're not, I don't want to get too into the details, but like, we're not connecting A to A to B here for people. And he says, well, that's actually the point. I actually want people to be doing the connection themselves. For example, um, then that's a good conversation starter, something we can take into our one-on-one. So I, I think going so far back in our good manager series, one of the things we talked about was, You just have to have that high bandwidth, high velocity conversations back and forth and make sure that they're always coming from like a trusting place. Mm -hmm. I never, I would never even think about saying like you did, this was bad. Right. Or like, or, or like kicking his door down and being like, this needs to change or whatever. Like none of the feedback that I give him is ever anything related to that. I think he actually does a wonderful job. Um, It's just making sure that I'm communicating quite a bit so that we have those conversations, like the, the, the line of communication is open for the big stuff and the small stuff. Chase, is that the trick over at automatic? Cause I, again, like the, the, the fear is not the right word. Maybe the anxiety around giving feedback to your bosses is that one, yeah, they could fire you. So like, you don't want to like bad mouth them too much. Um, but you've got to like balance this, this candid feedback versus just like nitpicky for nitpicky sake. So how do you do it with, uh, with your team, with your managers? Yeah. I honestly don't know if I'm the best at this, um, myself. Uh, I mean, I have, you know, I don't have a problem giving and my team lead feedback. I think she has always taken feedback very well when I've given it and um, seems to from other people, you know, as well um, and vice versa. Um, I honestly don't know that I've ever given Spittle a whole lot of feedback. Um, Maybe he can think of something and send it to us for later or something like that. But um, so, yeah, I'm probably not the best at that and, and should probably be better about it to be you know, totally candid and and honest. I just think no one can grow in a vacuum. I'm not saying you should send four messages a day or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Spittle also has a a big team at this point with many leads. Right. And I'm sure he's getting feedback from plenty of people. Right. So he's getting a ton of feedback every day. Theoretically. Like, I don't think that's a reason not to give it to him, but like, yeah, just no one can grow in a vacuum. So as long as you're giving people feedback and you're starting those conversations and seeing where they go. I think that's really productive. I, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think the opposite where it's like, Oh, I can't give that person feedback may turn out that like Jason Fried is just dying for feedback. I mean, I doubt it, but like he might just be dying to hear from people and it's really hard for him because everybody always is like, well, first thing I would say is your articles are amazing. (laughs) I don't know how to get better, better chase. Not, not what am I good at? Nick talked about that last week. 
you literally wrote the book on something. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, I think one of the things too, that I found really effective is, is sharing what feedback you've gotten or what growth you've had upwards. And <clears throat> what I mean by that is like uh, with our support team, we have a, a book club where it's, you read a book a month. Uh, yeah. Read it for a second there in my mind. I was like, did I flip that? But no, I said, as we book a month. Uh, and then we talk about it. And, and during that conversation, we're able to bring out like this part really resonated with me. This part was a really good idea that we should try. And so you can kind of the whole rising tide lifts all boats kind of approach where it's like, I'm getting better and I'm going to share that with my manager who is then going to get better because we've talked about this thing. Um, so that, that's one that I found really effective with this. All right. That was the, the end of my notes. <laughs> was there anything y'all wanted to throw in that we didn't hit so far? We didn't talk very much about performance reviews and that being like a really good place for feedback. Um, we just ha- at Wistia happen to be going through performance reviews right now. And so I, I guess it's top of mind. Um, I think there's a, one of the things that turns people off of feedback is if they just get a mountain of it, they just get pages and pages of notes and they're like, I can't get through all of this. And so my, I guess my thought as I was going through reviews for not only my manager, but several other people's managers that I happen to work closely with is all of it should be a conversation starter. Like all the feedback stuff should be a conversation starter. You'll learn so much more if you set it up as I want to know more about how you do it this way because I was left feeling a little confused or like felt incomplete. And uh, sometimes they'll take you up on that conversation and you'll learn a lot and you'll learn from all their experience. Sometimes they won't. And that's just the reality of the situation. I think that's one thing Buffer does too, right? With performance reviews, it's not just from the manager down, it's from, uh, from manager to manager up or employee to manager up. Like it's, I don't know what they call them nowadays. We used to call them 360s. 360. Yeah, that's what we called them this yeah. most recent time. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to, I was sort of going to say the opposite of what Jeff said, but not quite. Um, I was going to say the mountain of feedback was so great because it allowed you to not, it just wasn't personal because like you got so much of it and you gave so much of it that like, it was just this like week of feedback flowing in every direction. And that, like really took a lot of the sting out of it. Um, also because we were getting a lot of good feedback too. So, but that's, you know, controversial with the feedback sandwich. Um, but it wasn't no, phrased like shit that. Sandwich, this yeah. is shit sandwich. Yeah. It wasn't phrased like that at all. It was very clearly like, here's the areas where we think. Um, but what I was going to add as a caveat to the mountain of feedback comment is that our um, director of people, bless her heart went through all of it and like oh she went through everybody's at the company everybody's and sort of translated it and pulled out themes um and some of it was quantitative and some of it was qualitative and um didn't necessarily share all the qualitative but if there was something that was you know shared i I assume most of it or just like consolidated it um so it was um, just sort of the the high points that you needed to know. We think you do this really well. We think you should think about working on these things. Um, and that was, was that great. shared with like just you and, and 
I, I didn't catch her name, but like the Courtney. just you and you and Courtney, or was that like Courtney? Was there any kind of like company wide? Like, here's where we are as a company. Like, we're really good at this stuff. We're really bad at this stuff. Kind of. That's a great idea. We or did. Was it just that. individual? Okay. Yeah, it was just individual. But that's a great idea. How was that trademarked? How is that not rife with bias to have one person go through everyone's feedback? Seems like that seems like the kind of thing I would say. And then you would be like, that is rife with bias. I agree. Follow up to that too. Is, is she the only one? Like, did she give feedback to everyone or like, did she abstain or was she involved? I don't know if she abstained. Every one of us asked three people to give us feedback Yep. And we, some of us got advice on who those three people should be. Um, however, anyone could give feedback to anyone. So even if you weren't asked, you could provide it. Um, and it was understood that you did it for all of your, everyone you manage and that you did it for your manager. Um, that is so The thing I was going to address of Jeff's was that some of it was quantitative. So some of it was numbers. So when I say she pulled out themes, I mean like, there was a specific phrase that was you was one of the survey questions. And if several people put that as a high number of something that you did well or should work on, she like pulled that out and, and highlighted that. That makes sense. Um, how was that feedback delivered to you? Did Joel deliver that to you as your manager or did you just kind of get it directly from her? I got it directly from her in a paper doc. This is probably one of those things that like, if we have anybody in a fortune 500 company, they're like, Oh yeah, this is called program X, Y, Z. Right. The time. Totally. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we got sued for that. Like 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. The other, the other speaking of program X, Y, Z, we do use office vibe, which I think we talked about last time. Um, but in terms of it's relevant in giving and it's relevant in receiving feedback because um, you know, as a say it again, what's it called? Office vibe. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, and it's just like an, an anonymous or not. The 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 person writing the feedback can choose whether to include their name or not. But um, it allows anyone to sort of share generic feedback about anything, um, and and we get a fair amount of it. So we being leadership. Chase, since you are a resident, like bigger company thing, is there any official policies programs in place at Automatic or is it kind of just kind of the informal that you mentioned? So we have a uh, um, tool that we built ourselves similar, I think, to what Carolyn's describing maybe. Um, So we have uh, a way for anybody to request feedback from like up to, I think, five people at a time or something like that. And it can be anonymous or not, I guess, (laughs) non-anonymous, whatever the correct term is there. Um, And and, uh, so you could request feedback from your lead and four other people on your team uh, anonymously or not. Um, And vice versa, at any point you can, you know, provide feedback to somebody, even if they haven't solicited it through that tool. I mean, that's good for an you know anonymous feedback, but if you're just going to, I mean, if you want them to know who you are, you may as well just DM them in Slack at that point. Um, but that tool is nice for like wide ranging. Like if you want, you know, a bunch of people, um, you know, five or to 10 at a time, something like that. Yeah. I think that's one of the things. So like one of the, the themes that we've talked about on the show before is that, that your team needs to be working on the company, just like you work on the product, right? You need to be making the company better, iterating on it, trying new things and so on. And if you're 
a product, it's A-B testing and look at the stats and see what happened if we pull this lever kind of thing with a company that's a lot harder. It's not like you can tell half of your company to like be mean in your feedback for lack of a better word and then like see what happens. But these kind of uh, anonymous and non-anonymous. I probably should jump into, we, we also do like a, I think the company is called Culture Amp or something like that. But we do like a yearly, they call it an employee engagement survey, which is very similar. Like most of, you know, a lot of our questions are centered around, um, you know, how do you think your CEO, Matt Mullenweg, is performing in these areas or is he providing information, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they drill down through, depending on what uh, division you work in through, you know, Spittle, for example, for happiness, and then through, you know, to your team lead as well. So you provide that feedback and then it's, you know, made public um, for the most part for everybody to, to read at that point um, after, you know, all the results are in and, and that kind of thing. So it sounds like some of the benefits that are like some of the like, for lack of a better term, actionable stuff with all of this is, is having some kind of system in place, right? And then trying to get, uh, for especially if you're on a smaller team, trying to get that feedback as, as close to the, the action as possible. Like if you see your boss doing something, then go ahead and mention it. Don't wait like six months because then it's like, well, you remember that thing six months ago? Like that's some of the big stuff. Um, anything else? Jeff always has this puzzled look like he's thinking about something like some witty way to end the show. <laughs> and I just want to like hang on for a second. I'm always thinking of a witty way to end the show. No, I just think this stuff is so hard. I think this it stuff is. is really, really, really hard. And every company does it different. So there isn't like a one way works. Um, yeah, it's really, really, and what, and what works for one company so well would just totally fail for a different one. So it's really hard. I was deciding whether or not to pitch again. I haven't read it. The book Radical Candor is Just read it. some of this. Um, there is an A16Z podcast with the author of that book. Um, and I think she does a good job. So if you don't have time to read it um, or want sort of a taste, that's a good way to, to get it in 20 minutes. A16Z. I really think it, it would be worth the, I think I read it in like an afternoon. So, I mean, that's not incredibly thick or boring or, or that like totally okay, long dude, title name that we read one time. We get it. You know how to read Chase. <laughs> I get it. I think it's just, all that to say, you should sit down and read it because, or listen to it in audio book or whatever, because it's really worth it. It is one of the, like, I'm not saying it changed my life, but it definitely made me think about feedback and engaging with others around that topic. It, it yeah, I'm just better for reading it. Okay, well, now if we're doing this shout-out, I have to do my other shout-out, which is paired with it, which is if you're looking to rent library books on your Kindle or audiobooks, check out Libby. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying it because sometimes people it. don't listen to the episodes in order. Just just keep saying it. <laughs> and tweet at me and tell me that I'm totally right. This is such – it's totally deserving of all this obsession. A good friend of mine listened to her episode, downloaded Libby, and said it was really, really easy, and that Carolyn was just spot on with it. So you should download it. (laughs) You should download it. And listen to last week's episode, because we talked about getting feedback, and some of that was related. Like a nice, fine wine with a good cheese that pairs nicely with this episode. (laughs) Reaching. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, it wasn't uh, last week. It was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Last episode. Whatever the last, last episode, episode was. 
<laughs> All right. So that's our take on this one. Let us know how, uh, how your company does it. Like I said, there's probably one listener out there that's like, oh yeah, this is program XYZ and everyone should buy it. And this is how we do it. Uh, so if that's you, let us know. We're at support ops on Twitter. We are hello at support ops.co on email. You want to hear the dad joke for the week? Yes. 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 I love this one. I love it because it got used on me by, um, he's not my nephew. He's my cousin-in-law's kid. So whatever, like cousin, second, third cousin, whatever. Anyways, he walked up to me the other day and said, I wouldn't buy anything with Velcro. It's a total ripoff. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're only five, but you're progressing well. It's so good. Oh, so that's your support for the week. That is your shout outs for the week and the joke for the week. Uh, Make sure to hit us up. We're at SupportOps on Twitter. Hello at SupportOps.co. Other than that, thanks again. Happy birthday, Carolyn. I think we've said it like a billion times, but (laughs) that's part of it. So yeah, until we see you again, have an awesome week. Bye.